Hoody ho! Hey everybody, welcome to episode 77. Alright guys, so we're here with another great guest. Um, I feel like I just say this on repeat now, but uh, our next guest I found on Instagram. Um, one of the conditions I was really looking for was lupus because it was it's something that... I don't know. You don't hear a whole lot of people talking about. I know it, it. It's it's in certain communities more than others, and um, especially in women. And so I, I really wanted to talk about it. It's just one of those that kind of triggered me. And the only time I ever really heard much about lupus, I remember. I know people are going to wonder why a guy is watching the show, but I was watching. Uh, oh, whatever that Tyra Banks show was, the the model show, America's Next Top Model, and there was a, there was a, a black woman on there with like short hair, and, and she was very 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 pretty, and she. Uh, she was suffering from lupus and, and she, she made it to towards the end. I don't even know if she won because I didn't watch the show that much. It was just on and, uh, and, and just watch her suffering from it. And it, it was, it was really sad to see. Uh, I was really young, so I don't remember a whole lot about it, but it, it made me think about lupus when I was kind of going through all these different conditions of, of what I want, you know, this little checklist of conditions I want to cover at least once, if not multiple times, but as long as I can find one person, I'm happy with it. Um, and so I started going through Instagram and I found our next guest that way. And one of the things I really enjoyed about reading and, and watching some of her videos and pictures and stuff is that she's a very beautiful woman, but she does what she does very tastefully. Um, I see a lot of people with disabilities that are either in wheelchairs or have a disability and they're pretty, but they, they try to like over-sexualize themselves to make themselves like it's, it's kind of in your face. Like, Hey, look, I'm sexy and I'm in a wheelchair. So now I'm in a bikini just so you know, I'm sexy. And it's just, it's kind of gross because it's, it, it's really not what the message should be. Like it, you can be pretty and be in a wheelchair. Or you can be pretty and have a condition. It's just, you don't have to sexualize it to make yourself look good. Uh, but with this woman, she, you know, she's a beautiful woman and she, she shows that she's pretty and she shows that she, um, can do more and she overcomes, but she doesn't, um, like I said, she does it in a tasteful way. It's not just this, like, cause if you look at Instagram, there's so many Instagram whores and I don't mean just like women, just people just selling themselves and, and showing off what they have. And, um, but she wasn't doing that. And, 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 you know, I was, I wanted to interview her anyway because she had this condition, but, uh, anyways, why well, I, I stop, um, bragging about you. Uh, can you tell us your name and obviously a little about yourself? <laughs> Hello, uh, my name is Jessica. Um, I I was born and raised here in Miami, uh, Florida. Sorry. Um, You're good. <laughs> getting a little nervous. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're fine. No one's listening to this, by the way. It's not live, so we're just letting you know. It's just, I know. Just you I and know. me. <laughs> I know I've always just been that type of person. Um, even like when I had to record videos for classes, I just get nervous. <laughs> You're fine. Do, do, do what you got to do. Um, but I I did want to talk about the the over sexualization um, that, that you mentioned sure. about uh, people with disabilities. Um, I think that the reason why a lot of uh, them do it is because well many of us aren't seen as desirable um and so i understand the message that um many of them are trying to put out and i think that they do do it in a tasteful manner i haven't so far i haven't seen um one that is 
uh, I guess, grotesque or overly explicit. I, I, at least I haven't <laughs> gone that deep into there. Instagram. Yeah, there's just a few <laughs> out there where it's just, it, it, like I said, I get it. I, I understand. You're right. Like that we aren't really represented in, in when people look at us, they don't go, especially women in that way they don't look at them as like oh they're sexy because they're in a wheelchair and there's a lot of very pretty people with disabilities and again you know beauty is whatever but yeah there's just some that were really you know they're trying to kind of placate to the whole you know what people call thirst trapping now which is all the people just kind of shaking their asses and doing all these things but they're doing it in a way of like okay I, i can do this too it's just see i'm also in a wheelchair and it's like you don't like, and I think that it, for me, it's more of a woman thing where like, it's kind of a cop out because you're trying to like, you want people to know you and you want people to accept you for your beauty and for your, your disability in this case. And you're kind of conforming to what other women are doing. And that's all they have to offer is their assets. But you actually have something else. You have a story and you don't have to sell your body to, to make people pay attention to you. Um, you have more than just that. You have a story. And again, there's nothing wrong with accepting that you are beautiful and you're disabled there's, it's great but there's you know i think from for me i feel like some of the stuff that they're doing it comes from a pain where it's like it's kind of like a false narrative of hey um i love who i am and i'm beautiful and i'm in a wheelchair but there, you know there's a huge part of them that's probably really depressed about it and they're this is their way of kind of faking it till they make it as far as hey i'm beautiful but i'm in a wheelchair but the reality is like part of them like feels the judgment that everyone is throwing at them and and they they probably feel closer to that than what they're actually presenting out on instagram right it's um misguided in a sense um because yeah and that's why i said you because you you're you what you're doing is what some of the people that you're seeing um is why i liked about it because like you could do what they're doing but you 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 know like I said, you're a pretty woman, but you, you can, you do it within the confines of like, yes, I am beautiful. I also am disabled. And they both can, they both can kind of coexist together. Um, but I don't have to go further. Like I can show you that I'm beautiful. I can show you that I'm disabled, but that's it. Like you don't need to see more of my skin. You don't need to see me in a bikini and, and, and whatever else. I mean, you can, that there's, there's tastefulness in that as well. But, um, yeah. I think some people push those boundaries to the point where it's like, it's kind of like, well, like, what is what is any different between you and that girl over there? That's the only thing she has to offer is shaking her ass because she that's the way she gets attention. And it's like, no, man, like, you know, we already have a problem in this world. You know, we, we live in a world where men, you know, look, men pretty much built the world that we live in, regardless of people want to look. Women have a very disadvantage coming into this world because men built it and men made all the rules. And so now we're trying to kind of go back, even with like white and black people with gay and straight, like we're trying to amend all the rules that were kind of broken. And 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 so women are now, you know, there's a lot more people, women are in power and they're fighting for their rights and and fighting for, uh, you know, that's why the big feminist movement and the Me Too movement and all that has taken off. Um, But there's a lot of women that are kind of screwing up those movements by going, hey, yeah, I'm a woman, but all I have to offer is my body. And that's really not all a woman has to offer. A woman has a lot more to offer. Women are a lot more nurturing and, 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 you know, there's, there's so much more that a woman can do. Um, just because you don't have the physical assets that a man has, women have to do it more intellectually. And that's more powerful in in some ways. 
Um, and so I think to me, uh, not to completely get off on a tangent here, but you know, it, it, I think that's why, like I said, I want to gravitate to you besides the fact you had your disability. I mean, it didn't matter if you were pretty, but it was the fact that you are pretty and you didn't, uh, you weren't conforming to what a lot of women were doing with or with or without a disability. Right. Um, um but yeah, tell us a little more about you because we completely went off tangent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I really like playing guitar. I I mentioned this earlier. I really like playing guitar. I like singing. Um I love reading, writing. Um I I also love fashion. I love cutting hair. It's not something that I can do often. Um but I love styling others. Um when I can. I recently did my sister's hair and it, it actually came out really awesome. It was a, a whole deal ordeal because it does take a toll on my body, but right. <laughs> it was worth it because it came out awesome. Um, that's great. I, I love learning about new things. Um, I love studying. I know that's kind of strange. People always look at me weird when I say that I like studying, nice. but I do. I like it. I, I loved, um, I didn't like my primary years of school but when I went to college it was a completely different experience I feel um it came with its own difficulties of course but I I loved it because I felt that I was able to learn in my own way and what I wanted to learn um yeah I think when you get older like I notice now there's a lot of things like me and my friend were talking about I used to live in Philadelphia and there's a a a museum down there and you can uh, it's called the Franklin Institute and you can learn about all these different parts of the body and they have all these different parts and they show them like when they're blown apart or just parts that are just separated. But you can learn so much from all these individual parts of your body and you just don't really think about it. And I was a mm-hmm. kid and so I was just going on a trip and I was just happy to be out of school. I didn't really care about learning what was being taught. And so now like when him and I were having these conversations about it, I'm like, yeah, man, I should go back there and really because I remember like you remember the show The Magic School Bus? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And there's an episode there where they like go inside the body and they talk about uh, like the respiratory system and all the things that are infected. They go inside like one of their classmates body and, you know, they, they're trying to fix the problem within this person. And, you know, but you, but while they're doing that, they're showing you all these different parts of the body and you're, you're teaching and you're learning. And, and I, that always kind of stuck with me as a kid. And, mm-hmm. and so as you were saying, like, yeah, kind of when you're in school, like you're just kind of doing what you need to do to get through. And then yeah. <laughs> when you get older and you get a little smarter and you realize like some of those lessons that were taught to you, you go like, Oh, Hmm, I should have paid attention more to that. And now you, now that you kind of had the time too, you start to do that. And it's like, Oh, okay. This is how you study. And this is how you learn what, yeah. <laughs> what kind of human you are in life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's, um, what, what is your ethnicity? I am uh Latina. Okay. Yeah. My, my parents, well, my mom is from her side of the family was from Colombia. She was born there, and my father was born in Ecuador, um, and his father is Cuban, okay. was Cuban. So yeah, yeah, my I'm a full-on white boy, but my sister is half Puerto Rican, um, so I grew oh, up okay. in the Spanish culture for a while, and it, it, you know, and I still am in touch with a lot of them, and uh, yeah, it was a totally different experience, but. You know, I think that's why people, I mean, you should always spend time with other, if you can grow up in a different culture like that, you really can learn and realize like the differences and the similarities of, of different cultures, yeah. because then that's how you become less racist and, and become more understanding of what other people go through. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, my father joined the, the military when I was a child, and he eventually was stationed and just ended up residing in North Carolina. So I would go and visit him as a kid and um, even now as an adult, and I lived with him for some time. So I was I had the pleasure of, sorry pleasure of making um, friends with people of of different cultures as well. So cool. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, um, more of the American culture, I guess. Right. Well, I asked you that because I read something, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, as far as lupus, lupus tends to plague more of ethnic women, black and Hispanic, and women in yes. general, right? It's more of a yes, woman condition. Can men get it? Yes, men can. Men can definitely get the. Uh, can be born. I'm, we're not really sure if people are born with it or if it's something that they contract. Um, I feel that not. Not I feel uh, that's something that's still being researched. I think, um, but men and women can definitely get it. Um, I online I've met a couple of men that have it, um, but they also have a, another illness, uh, another comorbidity. Um, but it does tend to affect mainly women of uh, different ethnicities, such as uh, Black, Hispanic, and Asian women. Right. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit, like, from what you know, basically what lupus is for the average person that doesn't know. Lupus is an autoimmune disease that attacks um, basically all parts of the body. It can attack um, all, all healthy tissues such as the joints, the bones, um, the skin, your vital organs, such as the kidneys, uh, your liver, and the heart and the brain. Mm. Um, it's an invisible illness um, for the most part. Um, sometimes it can be visible, uh, like the inflammation can become visible, but for the most part, not many people tend to notice it. Not the average person doesn't tend to notice it. Right. Um, and, but it's, it's a very, um, debilitating illness. There is treatment for it. There isn't a cure, but there is treatment for it. And the treatment does help. But even then there are days where we are more debilitated than most. And we often get told, well, like other people with, um, different invisible illnesses, we often get told, but we don't look sick. (laughs) Right, right. Well, that's a new term, um, the invisible, and it, relatively within the last like five years, at least from what I can pick up, it, it's a re- it's a pretty relative new term as far as uh, invisible disability because, you know, people we, we I mean we knew of people who had different conditions that weren't visible, but it just didn't have a name to it. Um, yeah, and, and we're in this social media time now where everything has to have an acronym or a name, um, but. Yeah, it, it's it's very new, which is kind of interesting, but it, it it's good. Um, I mean, it's good at least as far as bringing awareness to it. Uh, it is considered yeah. one of the the chronic uh, pain illness, illnesses, right? Yes, there is a lot of pain that comes with it. Unfortunately, um, it's some days are worse than others. There are good days. But are good days compared to the average able person and average average healthy and able person it's uh it would be hell for them <laughs> right 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 because comparing i guess to how i felt as a kid i didn't um the most i experienced was um leg pain um but 
comparing how I felt as a kid to how I felt after I got my first flare, um, my good days compared to my good days as to when I was healthy or mm-hmm. before lupus became active, um, it it is hellish if I really sit and think about it. Right. Um, but I've gotten used to it in a sense. Um, like, for example, using the pain scale is kind of difficult for me to use because what is normal to me now is pain is actually considered painful to others. Um, so it's hard to to even explain. I don't even know if I'm making sense. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in one of my because I know what you mean. Because especially when you go to the doctor or whatever, and you're always asked. Hey, <clears throat> hey, from one to 10, what is this, your pain scale as far as what you're dealing with at that time? And I, I told you some of the stuff off mic about me, but I didn't tell you about like one of the, con- the condition I had was called Steven Johnson syndrome. Um, and it makes all your skin burn off and hair fall off and teeth and, and all the horrible things that happen to you. Um, and so yeah. to me, a pain scale of a 10 is my skin being all off in my body and me trying to sit and walk and do things without completely passing out. So that's a 10. Yeah. But if you go to a doctor and you say, hey, my arm hurts and it's a three in comparison to that 10, they're not going to treat it. They're just going to go like, oh, take some Advil. But it really is a yeah. 10 in comparison <laughs> to what they would deal with it. Like for them, it, it, might, it might be an eight or a nine or a 10. So I uh, know I completely yep. understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, one of the main reasons as to why I started advocating because because of that, not just for lupus, but for other illnesses um, that are invisible, um, we aren't taken very seriously, um, especially when it comes to pain um, or, well, not necessarily pain, like any any debilitating symptom that comes with our illnesses. Um, right. Well, we, this- I don't feel like. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, I always hate doing this because it's like I can't wave my hands at you. They're like, hey, I have a question <laughs> for you. Um, no, I, I – because like you were saying with the chronic disability or, or the, the invisible disability, a lot of these chronic uh, disabilities, they, you can't really tell when someone is really in much pain, even if they're going, ow, ow, ow. Yeah. You know, people only equate – the obvious stuff, like even in my case, like, okay, people say I'm not blind or visually, because I say I'm legally blind because I'm under the limit of being able to drive. So that's considered, I can get the benefits of what blind people would get, even though I have some sight, but they'll say, well, you don't look blind because I don't have a dog or a cane. Whereas in like you, like you have pain that's very crippling, but you're not crippled. Like you're not in a wheelchair. So then that's not to, to the average lame person. They don't see a wheelchair. They don't see a cane or they don't see something that makes it look like you're, in that much pain um, because you can technically physically walk or whatever. It's like, Oh, well you're fine then. It's like, yeah, no, you don't understand yeah. what I'm going through. Yeah. And they don't see, they also don't see the days where I am using those uh, mobility aids because I'm usually at home. Like I can't go out like or, or be around people um, most of the time if I'm at the point where I need a mobility aid. Um, so they don't, they don't see that, but when people see me, it's when I'm, it's on the good days. Right. And that's the stuff you want. I mean, you, you show people what you want to show them. Um, and that's yeah, why I've, I've that always well. been big on 
you know, uh, mental health is a disability because it's something you can't see, but it mm-hmm. cripples you. And the, and of course, yeah. you know, I'm sure you have your own form of mental health yourself, depression and, and whatever else because of yeah. having your disability. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it's another one where it's like people, you can't see it. And I may be smiling, I may be walking around and living my life, but you do just don't know how much pain, at least mentally, I'm in right now. You know, I may want to kill myself, yep. but you don't know that because I'm smiling on the outside. And so, um, and that's why I, I love the kind of the movement of the whole invisible disability, because there's so much there um, that you can bring yeah. attention to, but you can't do it if you don't have a name and you don't have people fighting for it. Because like I said, people yeah. only pay attention to the obvious stuff. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, um how, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sure. sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Go ahead. I also, I also feel that that's why we have to advocate for those who are having difficulties receiving a diagnosis. Yeah. Um, because it makes it all that harder for them to get the help that they need. Um, and they, the only help that they can really rely on is support from people online, usually, or other people that they know uh, have an illness, and so they've expressed these symptoms too. Um, but that can only get them so far because oftentimes they're looked at as if they're crazy. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, but sorry, go on. Uh, what was your question? <laughs> no, it, it, I don't know if I had, I'm, I might've lost my train of thought. Um, no, sorry. I mean, no, no, you know, it, I just was listening to you. Um, yeah, no, it, it's absolutely, like I said, you said, you got to bring awareness to it. And, and there's a lot of people that, don't even know what they're going through right now. They're going through this physical pain and then they're, they're suffering and um, they don't have the right doctor yet, or they don't even have the, like they don't even really know mentally what they're capable of or, or, you know, they just, they don't know a whole lot right now. The information, even though there's plenty of information out there, but like if you go to WebMD and you type in, I have chronic pain, like you may get something way worse than you actually have. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but what the question I actually, I was going to ask you is like, so, Tell us like how you are affected by lupus on a daily basis or, or just whatever. When, when you have your worst days, like how is it, how does it affect you personally? Um, my worst days, I, I'm bedridden. Um, I can barely move. Um, I usually am using a mobility aid, such as a cane or a walker. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do try to get about, um, it's, um, it's really difficult to move on my worst days because, uh, the inflammation in my joints, it, it stiffens up almost all of my body. So even if I were to, to push past the pain physically, it's, it's kind of impossible because my, my, my body just won't it won't move in the way that I, I want it to because there's something in between inflammation. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then uh, my brain is also, it also gets very foggy. Even on my good days, it's, that's one of my worst symptoms, is brain fog. Um, but that's something that comes not just with lupus, but with other illnesses. Um, but when I have, um, when I'm in a flare, um, on my worst days, um, the brain fog is really bad. I'm completely out of it. I don't really know what day it is. Um, it's hard to complete sentences. Um, and then I'm also like, I feel 
very drained, fatigued, um, uh, very dead. <laughs> Right. Um, that's like kind yeah, of one of the hardest it, things about people with disabilities is like uh and of course a lot of that's the mental health stuff that comes with it but you yeah know, a lot of times we're so mentally drained like me and my grandma have had arguments where it's like you know I live on my own but she lives like two miles away and she'll come over sometimes to help me clean and she'll mm-hmm. she'll go oh why have you even done this and why haven't you done that and it's like grandma like I work and I do this podcast and I shower, I clean myself, I take care of my cat, I do these things. Yeah. But mentally, like, there's times where I just don't have, I just don't have the energy to want to uh, do my dishes. I'm not saying I'm going to let it go for three months. It's just, it may take me a week and a half just because there's just days where I just want to lay on the couch and just kind of just like download all the negative and all the positive or whatever, just get it all out of my head. And just try to yeah. just just sit there. And again, with you, like you, sometimes you may not be able to physically actually move, so you don't have a choice. So you might have yeah, to, I don't <laughs> right. So you have to do whatever it is for you that makes you feel comfortable and makes you feel, you know, again, like because I'm sure some of that is completely debilitating as far as mentally. Where it's just like I'm sure there's times where you're just so depressed. It's like, well, why am I even here? Like, oh, have you ever had days where, like, for me? I've had days where I've had really bad eye days for a couple weeks or whatever. And I feel like this is it. Like my eyes are going to go, or this is like the end of whatever I have. Do you ever have days where you can't see past the pain and mentally you're just like, well, I just want to die or whatever. Like you're just, you're just checked out. For sure. Right. Yeah. There were years where I felt that way, actually. Um, Before I came to acceptance about any of my illnesses and, disabilities um I did go through that a lot um even now sometimes like I I recently um fractured my I I had a knee injury (laughs) and um the the orthopedic that treated me and did the surgery on me he wasn't surprised because of the arthritis and lupus um and during that time that I was recovering, even though I, it was, uh, the recovery was a lot faster than what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, even then, like I, I was afraid that I would go into a flare or that my body would, it would just, that my health would worsen. And I was afraid of, of that, I, that this was a new pain or a new ailment that I would have to get used to and learn to live with. Um, and so I, yeah, I kind of went into like a little hole in, of despair <laughs> right, and I, I was place. afraid. Yeah. I was afraid that I wasn't going to be okay or come out of it. Um, but I'm okay. Like I was able to come out of it. But that kind of shows what kind of person you are. Like it, it, we don't really know how strong we are until those moments like arise where, you know, like I, I have them too, where I just, I go down these holes of just like, uh, I hate life. And I just don't want to live yeah. or, or whatever. Or I just, I don't want to even just get it out of my apartment. Why am I working? Why am I paying my bills? Why am I doing anything? Like you just start, it's just so ridiculous. But, you know, again, I, we understand why we feel those things, but sometimes they get so crazy because then you start to pile on over things that just make no sense. Yeah. Um, but you never feel like you're going to come out of that hole because you're just in there and you're in there for yeah. so long. Even if you're in there for 24 hours, it feels like you're in mm-hmm. there for days. And, and weeks and yeah. and then when you finally come out of it and you're actually smiling or whatever you're like oh this was possible I didn't even know this like 
like you really realize how strong you are. And again, I'm sure now maybe maybe the holes that you're put in, maybe you get out of them a little quicker than you would years ago because you're now more used to it and you can kind of settle in. And yeah, even, definitely. Even though the days are still bad and even though it may feel like a setback in your life, it's like, oh, really, I can still act like this? I can still feel like this, you know, 10 years later or whatever? But what you don't give yourself credit for is like, oh, it, it took me 36 hours to get out of this instead of a month or a week or whatever. Um, so that's kind of the, the impressive yeah. part of stuff when we go through. Like we, we don't realize how strong we get within all the battles that we fight through our lives um, until, you know, again, we get old enough and we learn and we realize like, oh, okay, we are much stronger than the average person, at least mentally and physically too. Yeah. I feel that that's something that I've been forced to learn um, living with, with, yeah, with chronic illness um, and disability is that you're, you don't know how strong you are until you're forced to be strong and you don't know exactly like, like the saying, you don't know exactly what you have until you lose it. Um, right. And I feel that those two things go hand in hand <laughs> because loss forces you to have to, you know, find a way to be strong even while you are um, experiencing the grief. Right, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the, the people but, always... Uh, you articulate it very well. Um, well thank you. Like, Yeah. <laughs> you articulated it very well. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I'm not religious, but people, I've, you know, I've heard the slogan of like, God is going to put on your plate whatever he feels you can handle. Now, again, I don't think that's always, I don't think that always complies because there are people who literally get too much and, and they can't handle it. But yeah, there's a lot that's thrown at us in life. And, and again, it, it you show you shine in those moments. Well, some of us do. We shine in those moments. Some people can't handle tragedy. Some people can't handle even just the basic, my girlfriend or boyfriend broke up with me. Um, some people just lose their shit and they kill themselves over, over little things. Um, but then there are people who are thrown, were thrown things every day. Um, and so that when actual, uh, and something, you know, cause like we've had so, you know, with you, like you've had so many different instances where your, your pain is thrown at you and, and you know, I'm sure, and you, you know, I've, we talked recently, you had a loss and your family and, you know, there's, there's a lot of things thrown at you, but like, even though it's, it's tragic and it's sad that you have to go through something like that, you've been through so much in your life that you can kind of bounce back quicker than you normally would. Um, you know, even like if you're in relationships and you date somebody and somebody hurts you the first time they hurt you. Like when I, when I lost my first my girlfriend that broke up with me in my first relationship, I was an absolute bitch. I cried. I tried to get her back. I just was, I threatened to kill myself. I was, I was horrible. I was like, I was 16, but I was just like, I was just miserable. But then the second girl did it and the third girl and the fourth girl. And, and now it's like when I get into a relationship or I just hang out with somebody and somebody like breaks up with me, if, if I am sad or angry about it, it lasts a couple days and then I go, ah, all right, there's always other fish in the sea. And you can kind of, you know, compare that to what we go through. It's like, okay, you know, horrible things are going to happen to us. But again, what's going to beat lupus in your life? Probably not much. If there is something, we hope we nev you never see something that's worse than lupus in your life. But, you know, everything that's going to happen to you, it's probably not going to compare to that. And... So you're able to battle it and function uh, just easier than you would than when you were first diagnosed with lupus and you you had your first flare-up and your first really bad flare-up. 
Um, so I'm sure, you know, like I said, life in a way gets easier, even though you're still dealing with the same pain that you've always had. Yeah. Yeah. In a sense, it does get easier. Um, and in another sense, we, we become tougher. Yeah. In every way. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you do on the, the bad days? Like when you can't really move, what, what do you do for your own peace of mind and to try to k- k- get you through however long this flare up is going to be? Um, for my own peace of mind, um, it's, it's kind of hard because usually when I am flaring that bad, um, I, I am also, I also go into a depressive state. Um, and like the, my body just, it just naturally goes into a depressive state. Like how it happens. I I read about this. Um, when people get a cold or the flu or they just get sick, their body naturally goes into a a depression so that it can rest. So I, I've, I already know that when my body is doing that, it probably means that I need rest. So I rest a lot. Um, I sleep a lot. Um, uh, which so that my so that the physical symptoms can lessen, um, which in turn helps the the psychological symptoms. <laughs> right. Um. So I rest a lot. Um. Can you like when I'm awake? Can you like listen to music or watch shows or anything like anything to just kind of distract at least the mental part of it? Yeah, I I try to do that. Um. But for some reason, I I guess I feel my. Because I'm not physically active, my mind is so hyperactive, if that makes sense, that it's difficult to really concentrate or in certain or watching TV or listening to music can make me overthink. Because oh. I, I also, yeah, I also have um, depression and anxiety aside from uh, lupus and lupus-induced um, depression. Um, I also have, yeah, my own mental illness. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I like for me. I, yeah, it's different because I can literally get out of. I mean, I have my own physical pains too, but it's not on your scale. So, but when I am in that horrible state, a lot of times what I try to do is multitask, where I just try to watch a show or, or maybe listen to a podcast or something, and then play a game on my phone or whatever, whatever I can physically do, and just kind of keep my mind wandering into multiple places, and then maybe it'll stay somewhere, but. It, that it's kind of interesting what you said because you have like all this energy mentally because your body doesn't have any you just you're done so like it all goes to where you are mentally so your mind is probably running like a hamster wheel it's just constantly there's so many thoughts but you can't really do much with yeah. them because physically you're you're you know you're bedridden um yeah yeah when when you're in I, the bed feel... like, can you can you move your arms like what what can you do within those really bad days I can move my arms. Um, I can't lift them, um, but I can move them. Like if I need to get something, I can move them. Um, I can't, it's depending on the severity of the inflammation in my joint um, and in my hands, I can, I can hold things up. Um, but when it's really bad, I can't, yeah, I can't hold anything up. Um, so I, I, just kind of have to lay there. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Does anyone help but you? I, like your mom or anybody? Does somebody like help yes, you when you get to my, 
yeah, my mother helps me. Um, my my family does help me. My my mom helps me. My sister has helped me. My brother, my younger brother, has helped me. Um, I also like when I can, I try to I call my friends um, and talk to them, and that also helps a lot. So that, that's something that does help and is distracting. Um, that's cool. Or they have uh, they play video games. I don't play video games, but they do, and they have. They go on this application or this—it's um, a website, I think, but it has an application. It's called Discord, and so oh, Discord, I just listen yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah, I just listen to them. Um, and yeah. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. How, uh, how long do these flare-ups, like maybe the average, when they're really bad, how long do they do they last for you? Um. Well, now that I'm on uh, a different treatment, then it's called the Mista. Um, there the symptoms have been less severe, and so ha- and the and the flares have been in not as frequent. Um, so it now it usually lasts me the max two weeks. Um, still a long time. Yeah, it's still a long time, but not as long as it was before. Before it would last me like months. Um, even when I wasn't in a flare, I um. Uh, was still having flare-like symptoms, mm-hmm. um, and I like I would still have like um, a chronic, uh, yeah, a chronic inflammation in a certain joint that wouldn't go away. Um, but since I started this new treatment, it's gotten uh, better. Like at least it's helped my immune system calm down a bit. <laughs> well, that's good. Is is there any which I mean that that's a huge you know to to most people it's like well I'm in bed I can't move for two weeks that's terrible but the fact that it is the medication or the treatments that you're using is so much more beneficial than what you were taking before is there a possibility where your flare-ups can be hours or days like is there is, can we get to a point where you're you know in, in your you're less bedridden than even what you are now. Yeah, I get, um, I've always gotten these, like, um, I still get them now. I call them, like, mini flares, and they last for about a day to three days. Um, yeah, um, and I, I get, it, it, the symptoms aren't as severe as a full-on flare, um, but I still get the really bad fatigue, um, and I get achy all over, um, I don't have much of an appetite. Um, yeah, I still get some symptoms, but it's still not as severe as the full-on flare. Oh, so even even. I mean, when... it's still it it's still bad, but it's not as severe as the full-on flare. Right. So, so what 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 is the difference now? Like, if you're bedridden for two weeks, can you physically can you move a little more and do a little more now, even though you're still there for weeks? Like, can you, can, yeah. are you still a little more active than you would be when you were going through the, you know, the, when you had the flare-ups that were going on for months? Yeah, the huge difference is, like, I can, I can do, uh, I can meet most of my own basic needs. Like, I don't need help from my family um, to, like, drink water, right. for example. Like, I can hold up my own water bottle. Um, I can, I can still, like, walk myself. Um, without a mobility aid, I'm just achy. Right. Okay. So it's just one of those, like, you just don't want to have to, you can't go to work. You can't, you just can't be too active, but so you're, it's more home ridden than bed ridden. Like you just have to be home. You have to be comfortable and, um, 
you know, in your, in your confines of whatever your comfortability is. Whereas before it was essentially crippling. Like you could not do anything. Um, yeah, I still have to rest. I feel, um, in order for it, for the symptoms to ease up. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I feel it's, uh, less severe. It's gotten less severe. Right. Um, I'm also not working at the moment. So I think that that plays a huge role because I was, um, I was trying to work, uh, full time, um, and even part time before I, I tried that as well. And it was really hard on my body and I, I haven't for almost a year now. Um, so that's been a, a, a huge help for my body. I wish that I could just go and and work um but, but yeah at the moment we're we're me and my family we're waiting for for me to get the disability assistance oh you haven't gotten that yet huh no okay um you will but yeah you just gotta i guess the only way to look at it mentally is just you know you got to take the positives with this as far as you know yeah like it's a good thing that you're not working because again it, most people probably wouldn't hire you unless you you're crippling for two weeks or months or whatever, but you physically couldn't yeah. take it. But the fact that you are getting better over time and you have seen such an improvement, uh, maybe it's not the improvement that you would want because obviously you want it all the way gone and you want to be able to just live a normal life. But that's probably, <laughs> I mean, I hope the best for you and I hope that is, that is a future for you. But as of right now, we, you can't really look too far down the road and you have to be realistic. But the fact that you yeah. have improved so much already um, is a great thing. So, you know, obviously there's there's definitely opportunities out there and you can definitely do whatever you want. It's just, you know, it, unfortunately, one of the things we have to be in which we don't like to be is patient. And yes, you know, <laughs> but it'll come for you. Yeah, uh, that's, that's one thing that I've learned um, as well as I, I have to be patient. <laughs> with my body um it runs on its own time um um but yeah like like you said no no jobs would really want to hire me because in my the last job that I was working towards the end I started becoming um inconsistent because I I was in a really bad flare um I had just started the the list of treatments so um it's it, gets worse before it gets better mm-hmm. so I was in a really bad flare I was I ended up in the hospital um yeah <laughs> so it was inconsistent um work and yeah it's, it's not fair to to other companies as well right and that's again that's why you gotta which what you're doing on Instagram and you know just advocating and, and getting yourself out there and you know, that's why you just, you just got to put some eyes on, even like with what I do with this. It's like, yeah, like I have another job that I don't love, but it pays the bills. And in order for me to get this off the ground and really uh, get it to where I want it to be, where it is financially setting and I can, you know, live off of it, I need to be patient. And I have to just realize, like, I have an OK job right now. It pays all right just because I don't love it. Uh, I had someone on here who was a, a stroke survivor. And she, 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 she made me look at it differently. She said, Hey, look at it from the standpoint of it's your investor. They're investing in your podcast equipment. They're investing, investing in everything you do financially. 
and just, you know, they're helping you build, even though that's not what their intentions are, but they're helping you build by giving you paychecks. And then once you have the, the financial means or once you have the audience that, uh, you know, helps you to get that financial means from the podcast, then you can, um, then you can leave that job and then you don't need that investor anymore. But, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it is hard because like I said, I'm lucky enough to have a job, but if you look at 75% of us people with disabilities, we're unemployed. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, some of that is on us. Some of us are lazy. Some of us don't want to work, but there are huge, there's a huge amount of us that do. And if I lost my job tomorrow, I would be in a lot of shit because it's not yeah. easy to find a job. I'm very determined. I will fight for it and I will figure a way, but it won't be yeah. easy. Um, and so for you, like, yeah, like, but that's why I think what you do, you kind of have to build your own, even with you just build your own audience, you know, just with Instagram and whatever else you do, just get people to know that you're serious about what you, you know, what you're doing and what you care about. And, and hopefully things will come from that. And you might be able to find yourself a job that you didn't even know was out there. Yeah. <laughs> that works with. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> um, is is lupus fatal? It can be, but not necess- it's not necessarily fatal. Like just okay. because you're diagnosed with lupus or because you have lupus, it doesn't mean that you're going to die. Um, Has that changed over if- time? Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the reason why I asked that is because like when I told you that story about the woman on that show, it was pretty much implied that she was probably going to die. Now, this was like early 2000s. Um, and it didn't seem, again, I don't, it wasn't, it was just one character on the show and it wasn't like a, you know, she, she was just a person that was very pretty and, and she was doing well on the show. But it wasn't really, they didn't go too deep into what lupus was and, and but it was implied that she was probably going to die. So she was trying to live her life as best as she could. And again, I don't know what ever happened to that woman, but uh, yeah, it was implied that she was probably going to die. So I didn't know if that was just her actual diagnosis or if lupus literally can kill you. But yeah, I would have figured over time, maybe medication and everything technology is maybe to help you guys. Well, it's a, It's a, a loaded uh, answer because, okay, so it, it can be fatal because it can attack, uh, like I said, it can attack any organ. Mm-hmm. Um, it mainly attacks the kidneys, um, the, the liver, the heart, and the brain, right? So it can cause strokes, and that could be fatal. Um, um, it can attack the kidneys, and if it's not found in time, um, as well as the liver, if those aren't found in time, then the the stages of, of failure, like it's, yeah, sorry, it just starts attacking the, the organs. Um, and if it's not found in time, then usually that's, yeah, it becomes fatal. Um, and then another thing is accessibility to the treatment. Not many people have access to treatment. Um, for example, I didn't for four years. Um, and at, during that time, I didn't know if I was going to survive or not. I didn't know if the lupus was going to start attacking any organs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I survived for four years. Um, but other people don't have, don't, yeah, they, is it hard to they get don't coverage? have that chance. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's very expensive. 
yeah, it is it is expensive. The only reason why I have health insurance at the moment is because of my mother's job. Um, um yeah. But that's why the and disability thing would help if you were to get that. Yeah, yes. Um if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have health insurance. Um and I don't really know where I would be right now. Um but the thing is she herself was recently diagnosed with lupus, um, maybe about a year or two ago. So and it's starting to affect her now. Um so like she's sacrificing like going to, to work, you know, with her symptoms as well, um, so that we can have health insurance. Um so we're hoping that I do get the disability soon and so that when I do get it, she can get it so that she can also have the health insurance that she needs. Um, that's mainly like what we want it for. We just want to be able to have the treatment that we need to survive right. because there are a lot of people that don't have the treatment. Um, there was a, this uh, woman that I came in contact with um, through Instagram um, a couple of years ago and her sister was uh, living, she was living in, in Spain, but her sister was living in, in Venezuela. And at that time, that's when um, there was a lot of corruption going on with the, the government. And unfortunately, the country went to ruin. Um, and a lot of people didn't have access to treatment. And so this, this woman, uh, she had lupus. And she had two daughters, and she didn't have access to treatment. And so we tried to start a, a fund and tried to get, like, like what she needed. But even then, she wasn't able to get access to the treatments that she needed. I think she ended up getting with this nephritis, and she passed away. Um, but that's something that happens here in the United States as well. There's people that don't have access to treatment. Um, and so in that sense, yes, it just can be fatal. Yeah. Do you, I mean, um, that's, I mean, I guess you guys really have to have a tight, very you know, tight niche household as far as, you know, obviously your mom would help and support you and your brothers and everything. But now if she has it and you have it, you guys really have to kind of, everybody kind of has to play a part and kind of, yeah. you know, whoever's down that moment, the other, per, other people have to pick that person up and help get them through whatever they're getting through. And then, uh, mm. So, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it sucks yeah, that when you're going through that, but it's it's good that you guys have each other because if you didn't have each other, who knows where you guys would be? Yeah, yeah. She she tells me that all the time because before, um, I was before I yeah before I left my the my last job, I was living alone, and I wasn't doing really good uh, health wise. Um, that the reason why I ended up in the hospital was because I had internal bleeding, um, due to an ulcer from the medics, from some of the treatments that I take for the lupus, such as, uh, prednisone and naproxen, um, which is a, an anti-inflammatory painkiller. Uh -huh. And prednisone is a steroid. Um, and so I had been, I had already been taking the prednisone for years. And then the naproxen, I had been taking it um, almost every day to be able to function at work. So it ended up causing ulcers um, in my dual dental intestine, I believe. 
Um, and so I had internal bleeding and I, and I almost died and I was living alone. I ended up needing uh, two blood transfusions. And if I hadn't gone to the hospital, if I would have gone straight to work, like I was planning to that day, um, I would have, yeah, I would have died. Um, and so my, my mom tells me that if we didn't have each other, that we, neither of us would really be in a good place. Um, because like you said, when, when she's down, I, I try to help around the house. And my grandmother was also recently diagnosed with lupus around the same time that my mom was. So whenever my grandmother is down, um, and oh, she's also a cancer survivor, um, three times, I believe. So your mom, my grandmother. So whenever she's down, um, you know, I try to help uh, if I'm okay. And then. Like whenever any of us is down, like, like you said, one tries to pick up, you know? Yeah. You gotta, again, that's kind of one when, you know, reaching out to you and having all these people on, it's just to kind of build this tight niche community that, you know, again, we, we understand life isn't fair. We understand that things are going to be thrown our way that we don't uh, accept or, or like, but if we're together and we, we, you know, when one of us is dealing with something, you know, we can pick each other up just because we're going through things ourselves. Um, it's it's yeah. easier to balance it when you have people who understand, even though I don't understand yeah. all your physical pain um, or you may not understand my, my vision problem, but you know, we can understand from other ways and we, we understand it's, yeah. it's in the same vein in a lot of ways and you just pick each other up. You, you say, Hey, I'm here when you need something. And you know, it, it's, it's nice when, you have somebody you can call or someone you can hang out with when, you know, if you're in pain, you're in bed and someone can come over and just say, Hey, I'm here for you. Or they can, you know, play their video games and just talk to you and are there for you. Like that means a lot because when you get into those dark spaces in your head, those are the times when you're alone and like absolutely alone. There's no one there physically. That's when you really start to wander into places that the very bad territories of, Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't be mm-hmm. here anymore and all that. And so that's why it's good that, you know, again, with your, you know, you were diagnosed before your mom and now your grandma. And so you guys kind of can kind of play off of each other. I mean, obviously they have a huge template of experience for you to kind of play off of. It's like, okay, I know what she went through. I know what maybe I'm in store for myself. And of course it's, it's always different for others and what the, the pain they're going to get and yeah. all that. But she knows what you went through and now you know, so, and then she also knows you'll help there and be there and support her. And then, of course, your grandma. And so you have, even though it sucks that you all have it, at least you have people who love and care about each other. And yeah. you guys can kind of talk each other through it. And you're not alone. Like, you can't say you're alone because you have two people, probably two of the most important people in your life, have it as well. So now you know that there's two people that not only will help be there for you when you have it, but also know that they're going through the same exact challenges. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like quickly, like what, how did it affect you through schooling? Um, so I had to leave um, high school um, because that's when, that's around the time when I, when it started affecting me. Um, I was 16 when I got into my first flare. And then uh, a few days after my 17th birthday is when I got the diagnosis. Um, of lupus, of uh, systemic lupus, and then I had missed two or three months of school, 
So I had a lot of catching up to do. And I tried to do it. Um, I tried first going back to school in person, but that was a lot on my body. Um, so then we tried to do um, online schooling. And I just, I didn't feel like I was learning anything. Um, so I just got my GED. And then after that, um, like a year later, um, I went, I started college. And then, um, and then with that, I, it was difficult, physically difficult. Um, I, but I pushed myself a lot. Um, even like, I, I don't like, I don't know how the hell, like when I think back on it and the, and the bad days, like, I don't know how the hell I, I, I pushed myself through it, how I walked. Um, like my, my family, they, they tell me that, that they're very proud of me because of that, because they saw like how I physically was, how I felt and how, that I still pushed myself to go to college and finish, um, and, but it was very difficult, um, worth it, uh, because I loved it. Um, I le- and I loved studying. I loved the friends that I made. It was a, a new experience because I had been living in a cave for a really long time. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, but it, like I said, it did come with its difficulties, um, uh, specifically towards the end because I didn't, take any uh breaks um like and through the semester I didn't take any breaks um I just because I, I just wanted to finish I just wanted to get my associates get it over with um oh sorry I lost my You're my fine. track of my train of thought You're fine. You're <laughs> talking about getting your associates and going to college and um oh how it how it affected me um, oh, yeah, yeah it towards the end, yeah, towards the end, it, it, um, it was more, it became more difficult. That's when, um, my, I started getting more pain. Um, and then my anxiety and depression started worsening as well. I didn't really know why. Um, but I mean, now I know that it had to do with me flaring up. Um, and then I, I was able to graduate. Um, uh, but unfortunately because of, uh, towards the end, it started, it started becoming more difficult, um, and being present in class, even though I, even if I was physically present, being psychologically present in class became difficult as well. So my GPA dropped a couple of points. Um, so I was down about that, but I was able to still graduate, you know, I was still able to accomplish something. So. Yeah. no that's awesome i'm proud of you that's great um so wh- where do you you know you accomplish that so w- in the next whatever i mean i'm not going to say what's your five-year plan or any of that you know it's all hokey but like w- you know i know you like music and fashion and so on like what what do you want to accomplish down the road or, or soon uh well, I would like to be more proactive in the chronically ill and disabled community as well. Um, I, I want to go back to school to study um, music and psychology to do music therapy because I feel that music is what has helped me a lot. Um, when I'm coming out of a flare is when I can listen to music. Um, and I feel that it helps me a lot. And 
being able to play the guitar has helped me a lot in regards to my mental health. Um, and so I feel like uh, I've always wanted to be a psychologist. <laughs> so um, I think it would be cool to mix uh, both and be able to help people that way or help people who are in hospice um, with music. Um, and then there's also some projects that I would like to, to do um, in regards to fashion. Um, I would like to make something geared towards people like us. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying earlier. Just continue to do what you're doing. Make yourself known. Even if, if you physically can't do certain things right now, do it like what you're doing with Instagram and, and, and if any other platform is what you're doing. And then just make yourself known. Make it so, you know, eventually people have to hear you. And then, you know, you could probably create opportunities for you that you don't even really know that's out there. Because honestly, when I first started this podcast, a lot of opportunities have come from this. And again, it's not the biggest podcast in the world or anything. You know, a few hundred people listen, that's great. But it started off with 10. And, you know, I've got, I've, got, I've gone back to yeah. talk to some former students of the school I went to. It had a lot of vision impaired and blind kids. And, you know, I got to be on a council here in town to help people with disabilities as far as, like, discrimination. That's and, awesome. Um, and, again, I can keep meeting people like you and just having experiences like that. But a lot of things have come from this. You know, someone made me a website. Someone made me a shirt. I was on their show, and they took one of my quotes and put it on a T-shirt. Like, these are things that I like, couldn't even fathom nice. before I even started doing this because I didn't think anyone even would care about my dumb voice. So if you keep putting yourself out there and you keep doing even things like this, you know, and just you keep putting yourself out there, you're going to create an opportunity that you probably never knew ever existed. Um, and, you know, maybe this is even yeah. something you want to get into, talking, just advocating and, and yeah. podcasting or blogging or anything um yeah <laughs> get yourself well i wanted to sorry <laughs> no you're fine go um i wanted to do something like what you're doing now like interviewing other people with disabilities so i think it's really cool that you're doing it um thank you if you need any help i think it's awesome I, I think it's awesome actually um so i there's some people that whose story i wanted to share but i'll I'll definitely tell them about you so that you can interview them. Because yeah, I think their their story should be shared as well. <laughs> yeah, like I said with my friend Lori, when she died, I it, it took a lot out of me. And I was, you know, I wouldn't say I was there. I was there in spirit in a way. I mean, I was on the phone with her. But, you know, when she was dying, like, I got to see her completely unravel and, and lose everything. And, you know, we knew it was coming for a long time. But when it actually happened, it was just, it was my first real loss in my life and I loved her to death. And, you know, I, I didn't think it was fair for me to get on here and not tell her story. Um, did That's I have hard. to No, but uh, I did. And, and, you know, I felt great about doing it and, you know, it was an emotional episode for me, but you know, yeah. I, I like these more because I get to, you know, cause I, I don't have the, I don't know the feeling for your life. I don't also don't know it, but like, you know, if you told me to, like, if you were like, I can't really do it, but here, I'll write it all down and, and you can just say it. Like, I don't have the emotion for your story. I feel your pain and, and I really do feel terrible for you and your mom and your grandma, and, but I don't have the real emotion for it. So I really want to hear your voice. I really want to hear what you go through because you can paint a picture that I can't. I'm very vivid and I can, you know, I have very good imagery and I can picture everything you're going through. But if I physically don't have the emotion and I don't have the physical pain of it to actually portray it out there for the world. So when interviewing people like you, it's like, yeah, like 
you can just say it and it, it hits way harder than what if I were to say it because, like I said, it's not my story. Um, so, yeah, but, like you know, anybody you want, you know of, please uh, reach out to me anytime. But if, if you need any help, even if you want to get into this world, it's not that hard. I mean, it can be expensive at times <laughs> buying equipment or whatever. But, I mean, as far as guests and all that, I know a lot of people, if you ever need any help or, like I said, just please reach out. I'll do whatever I can. Um, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, before we kind of wrap up here, um, is there any, I always like the guests, especially, you know, kind of in a niche way, but is there any, because you, as you said multiple times that there are people out here that don't have the luxury of what you're going through right now, you don't have the treatment you know, or they don't have the treatment and, and so on. Like, um, is there any words you have for a young Jessica or, you know, even a guy, but whatever, a young you that is just diagnosed with lupus or a chronic illness and they really are kind of in the darkest places of where you have come from. Um, is there any like advice you have for them to kind of, kind of burrow themselves out of it? Yeah. Okay. Just, it's yeah, just yes. Get... No, no, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I was saying yes. There's uh... gotcha. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's scary. Um, in the beginning, it is very scary. Even years from now, there will be many, many scary moments and things will get worse before they get better, but things will get better. You will get stronger and you will be okay. Even on the days that you aren't physically or psychologically okay, you'll find a way to be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's what you got, you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be this elaborate scheme or, or just these amazing words to put out there. Sometimes it's very basic of what a person can say to you. But if you're going, cause there's people who are going, you know, are going through lupus and your story and, and, you know, being a woman, there's a lot of things that they can just, resonate with and it's like hey like just even the most basic words can actually inspire them because you know again like yeah. i said we, we said off mic and i think we said on mic that um you know it, it's easy to feel alone and there's a you know there's people like i have a disability but people might not care about my story in the lupus community because i'm visually impaired and what do i know about the pain they're going through or vice versa you know, maybe in the visually impaired or blind community, they hear lupus and they go like, well, what do you know about our pain? But you are like them and, you know, they can't refute what you're going through. And, and they everything you say must resonate strongly within them. And, you know, the more people who speak up and, and put it as adequate and beautiful as you did, you know, it, it may inspire more people to speak up. Because, again, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I, it seems like this is more of a newer thing for you to speak up and actually get your story out there. And it takes a while for us to actually become comfortable with who we are and what we have and what we lack and, and, and what our limitations are and all that. Um, and it's hard to own who we are, but when we actually do, there's a lot of great things we can put out to the world and there's a lot of people we can inspire. It's just we have to kind of figure out how to love ourselves first and kind of accept ourselves because I think for a long time, at least in my, in my opinion, for, for me, for a long time I was trying to get people to accept me, but I didn't really accept myself. I was trying so hard to just make people love me and, and whatever else. And the reality was like, I didn't really care about me. I was just trying to please other people. 
And then now that I'm a lot more comfortable with who I am in my own skin and, and, and what I am and what I go through, um, I don't have, I don't, I'm not embarrassed at all about having my disability. I'm not embarrassed about having my yeah. eye problem. People can perceive me to be whatever they want. I may look at something closely and they may perceive me as slow or whatever. That's on them. But, you know, that's not going to change my path. That's not going to change my journey and what I'm trying to do. So, um, yeah. And that's what you do. And, uh, uh, I really appreciate this. Honestly, I love having you on. You're a great guest. You're a very beautiful person. I don't mean just, you know, and your outer appearance. Like, you you really have a lot to talk about. And uh, it's funny that you were so nervous, but you seemed to kind of kind of get a little more comfortable as it went on. And um, But, yeah, <laughs> if you ever need anything, like I said, not just podcast crap. Like, if you need just, like I said, someone to talk to in your darkest times, please reach out. Uh, I'm here anytime. Uh, like I said, anything you need, just please reach out. Awesome. Thank you, TJ. And thank you so much again for letting me share my story. I, I do hope that anybody else that does have lupus, uh, if they come across this, I hope it helps them. <laughs> and yeah. I hope that like your help, your podcast helps other people as well. I think it's, what you're doing is really good. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll let you know when it comes out. And if there's anything you want to promote or whatever, I can I'll put it in the description, the links or whatever. Um, as far as, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll send you links whenever it comes, you know, just episodes come out in general you want to support, but anything you need supported, just... Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely watch out for other episodes so I can share them as well. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you uh, hang in there and we'll we'll talk soon. All right. Have a nice day, DJ. TJ, sorry. Yeah, see, <laughs> I already you. messed my name. She, she hates me. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Sorry. No, you're good. All right, guys. That was fun. Um... I wanted to kind of reveal something here at the end. Um, oh boy, dun dun dun! This bullet lays on my lap. I just scared him. <laughs> um, so I'm off my medication. Now, nah, now everything makes sense. No, doesn't it? No, I I've kind of stopped my antidepressants. Not cold turkey. I've been kind of going all and weighing off of it. But my mind is just a little like it's starting to pop a little more. I'm starting to like I'm still struggling for words, but I'm I'm getting it back. I'm starting to re like the medication is definitely locking things in. So we are getting off of this pronto because I'm starting to feel the last two podcasts that I'm just kind of, I'm a little more quick on my feet and I'm starting to really develop my thoughts a little more fluently. So, uh, this is great. Anyway, um, she was awesome. Uh, she, what a great person. We kind of were kind of missing each other off and on cause we were trying to do this and she had a lot going on with her family and stuff. And so, I'm just happy that she's doing well and, and yeah, um, I hope to hear from her soon. And, uh, yeah, guys, I appreciate all your support. Uh, I'm in a good mood. I'm about to go to grandma's, get some food. Uh, if you'd like to know what food it's hamburger helper with garlic bread. I don't know. She might make a salad or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go eat bullet. You have anything to say? No, Bullet. bullet. He's smelling the mic. Okay. He doesn't have anything to say. All right. I try to bring him in. This is, I need a new, I need a podcast host and bullet. I'm sorry. I don't think it can be you. Um, but yeah, I love you guys. Like I said, like, comment, subscribe, so on and so on. Um, I will see you on the next one. And um, yeah, everybody hang in there and take care of yourselves. All right, boy.